You're listening to Connect Communities Podcast, recorded live in Stamford, Connecticut. If you'd like to know more about our community, stop by our website at www.connectcommunity.tv. Enjoy the message. Welcome to Connect Community, folks. Uh, this is the third installment of our new series, our uh, relationship series, His and Hers. Uh, we are in this relationship series. Uh, we started two weeks ago, and uh, we've been talking about things that are essential, needed, important in relationships, romantic relationships. And uh, our first week, we talked about feelings, beliefs, and cravings. Some of you were here, and uh, we talked about the importance of being healthy yourself before you can be healthy yourselves, right? Before your relationship can be healthy, you need to be healthy. Before you, need, you can have a healthy us, you need to have a healthy me. So uh, if you haven't, if you weren't here, I encourage you to go and listen and watch. It's on our website. Uh, it's really important for us to get that down first, you know, when you engage in a relationship. If, you, if you're in a relationship, there is some content there for you to check your heart and see. Because sometimes we think the re- problem is in the relationship. But most times the problem is in the individual. Two individuals who are facing challenges uh, and are in a relationship face some problems. Um, there you go. The light of the Lord is shining. That's good. Uh, Last week, we talked about uh, a main foundational element of relationships, which is communication. Really, without communication, there's no relationship, right? If you can't communicate, this is quite obvious, uh, you're not going to have a relationship, at least not a good one. And uh, this is something that's easy to push aside once you are in a relationship. You, You work your way up to a point of intimacy where you think like you can take a step back from communicating properly. Uh, because you might have some more pressing matters to take care of, or maybe you might have something else that uh, it's more urgent. But uh, let me encourage you, there's nothing more urgent than peace at home. There's nothing more pressing than harmony between you and your spouse. So the better you communicate, the better you will relate. The better you communicate to uh, the person uh, you have vowed to spend the rest of your life with, the better you will relate To that person. And today we're going to continue our conversation with the topic of conflict resolution. So it's going to get steamy in here. All right. Conflict resolution. And we titled the message Rules of Engagement. The rules of engagement. You know, conflict resolution is handled much better, though, once you have those two first elements that we spoke about. Uh, uh, down, right? If, if you have a healthy uh, uh, heart, you know, you don't, you're not dealing with anger, you, you don't have resentment in your heart, you know, there's no shame and, or things that you are having to go through or deal with. And if you're communicating well, you are set up well for uh, uh, conflict because conflicts will happen. So it's important for us to have parameters for that too. So we're going to talk about that today. And I want to start with a, with a passage found in Matthew chapter 5. It's a known passage. Uh, uh, known as the, the, the Sermon of the Mount. And uh, Jesus, right here in the beginning of the Sermon of the Mount, he gives this advice. Uh, Matthew 5, uh, verses 23 and 24. And Jesus said, So if you are offering your gift at the altar, and this was a tradition that they used to do often, and there, and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. Jesus is talking about 
all relationships, obviously, but I think it is interesting to point that he places an, an important, an important, uh, he places importance, I should say. He places importance in resolving conflict even before you bring your offering, even before you worship God. In other words, he's saying, before you come to God and you try to have a good relationship with God, make sure that you're having a good relationship with everybody else. And this works for us as well. This works for uh, couples as well. So when two individuals with different backgrounds, two individuals who have a different history, two individuals who have a different worldview come together, it's inevitable. There's going to be conflict. Conflict is not a matter of if. Conflict is a matter of when. All right? When you get into a relationship, it's very likely that you have conflict. Uh, and it might be something that you wish wouldn't happen, but it can't really be something you expect not to happen. It can't be something that is a deal breaker for you because a conflict, there's no reason to give up in a relationship. Conflict, there's no reason to give in also in a relationship. Conflict uh, is something that will arise, that may arise, but you got to have the tools to work it out, you know, and uh, there's, there's a way to deal with it. And if you deal with it badly, can it kill the relationship? Absolutely. A conflict can escalate to a point where shots are fired and, and you know, you hurt each other to a point where the relationship can't go on anymore. That's why this is important. Um, but what is a conflict? Really, conflict is a difference of opinion, a difference of conviction, a difference of preference, a difference of idea between two people. That's really a conflict. Without the emotion, without, you know, any extra weight on it, a conflict is a difference of opinion. Sometimes it's even deeper. It's a difference of conviction. But it's a, it's a difference uh, that you have, you may have with the other person. And when you are in conflict... It means that something has come to light that has put you and your mate at odds. And at that juncture, that very point where things have come to light, that's the, the, the point that we're going to speak into here today because that's a very crucial point. It could be an opportunity for restoration. It could be an opportunity for you to come even closer together. Or it could be a place where things just blow up out of proportion. At that juncture, you know, Things can explode, things can implode, or you can create a connection. You can move forward together. In other words, you could throw a grenade at it. I'm just going to unload and I don't care what's going to happen. I'm just going to say and speak my mind. And if we don't make it, we don't make it. If we don't pass this day, we don't pass this day, but I'm coming in, right? Or things can implode. In other words, you can build a shelter. Don't you speak to me again. Not another word. And you just seal the wall for a month. You give him the silent treatment. And there's no moving forward. There's just tension and looks and mm. <clears throat> noises. Right? Or you can build a bridge. You can build a bridge toward each other. If you recognize that conflict is simply a difference. Sometimes it could be a big difference. Yes. But every couple or every relationship has parameters, right? Parameters and how to address or should have parameters and how to address 
and resolve conflict. And what we want to do today is just share a few ideas. Some of this maybe you already know, some of it you've never heard, but we just want to give you a few tools that when conflict arises, you know, these are the better ways to maybe handle them. On that note, though, I do want to make this clear that conflict resolution is not a recipe for how we fight. That's not what it is, right? It's not about maintaining politeness and civility when addressing conflict. So basically, we're not teaching you, hey, don't use these four-letter words. You know what they are. Don't use four-letter words. Don't, um, you know, don't uh, be hurtful or vindictive to towards your spouse or even your friend or whatever conflict you know you're in um, we're not teaching you not to do that although you shouldn't right that's not the point of conflict resolution see because conflict resolution is not about finding a winner because the truth is that if there is a winner that means the relationship loses so if you fight to win the relationship loses the goal of conflict resolution is not who's going to get the upper hand in the relationship um, these are important things um, these are, yeah, these are important things, but they are a matter of respect. And I want to talk about a little bit, a parenthesis here, that respect is a pillar of any relationship. And the reality is that if you lose respect for someone, it is very hard to maintain that relationship. And that goes for a work environment. If you lose respect for your boss, likely he will not be your boss for too long. Like, just that, that just doesn't, you know, doesn't work well. If you lose respect for a friend... You'll likely not be friends for too long because respect is a very major component. And when respect goes, the relationship goes with it. So if you lost respect for your spouse, let me encourage you this morning that that's where you begin. Before you can do the conflict resolution, before you can go anywhere else, something in you has to go take a step back and go, okay, where did I lose respect? I need to forgive I need to let it go or I need to shift my perspective. Whatever needs to happen at that point. But respect is the number one thing to regain, right? From that point, then you can begin to have the more healthier resolutions and communication and everything else. But respect is number one. The other thing I want to tell you is that conflict resolution is not about avoiding the conflict. What happens often is people only suppress their feelings. They say, oh, I'm not going to deal with it. I'm just going to forget it. I'm going to ignore it. It's just me. I'm not going to. And so that's not conflict resolution either. Oftentimes, a step further that's worse that people do is they don't talk to their mate, but they talk to their trusted advisor. You know, the sister, the mom, the pal, the friend, whoever, you know, and you go and you bash your mate. You cannot believe what he did. I told him a million times and he's doing that again. Or you cannot believe what she did. I told her we couldn't spend money and there she went. You know what I mean? And they start to bash their, their spouse to a friend or somebody that they really trust and they know, you know, known them forever. But I'm going to tell you something. If you're comfortable bashing your mate, it is likely you have already lost respect. It is very likely that you don't respect them because you should not feel comfortable going to someone else and making them look bad because that's what you're doing. You're making them look bad to someone else because the reality is you two will go ahead and fix this eventually, hopefully, but that person will always have an ill perspective about your mate and they'll never again be able to just erase because they're not emotionally attached as you are to this relationship. So you're causing more damage than you think. So if you're comfortable going to other people to talk about your mate, I'm going to encourage you today to reevaluate the respect level there. Because the best place when you have conflict, when you have issue to actually deal with it is talk to your 
checkmate. It's talk to the person who is causing it. You know, if it's a different relationship, talk to the person who is causing the issue. Um, conflict resolution, again, like JD said, is about identifying differences and finding a way to move forward in love, right? That's, what we're, that's the goal. We're finding a way to move forward in love. And the difference um, could be a matter of opinion or conviction. And it's important to establish that because opinions change. Conviction is foundational, right? And so if you are having a difference of opinion, you can go, okay, wait, is this opinion important? Is like, you have to distinguish where did the conflict, what is the conflict targeting? Is it your opinion or your conviction? And then the next step in that is, okay, is this a deal breaker for me? Because if it's a conviction, it might be, right, a deal breaker. I'll give you an example. I am a follower of Jesus and I want to live, lead my life in that direction. Now, if you have a, 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 you know, a spouse or a mate or somebody that is not a follower of Jesus, that might be a big deal. That's a conviction, my belief system. Whereas I like to listen to reggae music and I like to listen to country music. Well, maybe you can find country slash reggae, somebody that does both, <laughs> right? Those are different. One is, a, you don't, I'm sorry. I'm just Throw, throw the extremes out there. Um, you know, but the, one is conviction and one is opinion. And those are important. Now, if it's a deal breaker, the way you think about deal breaker is, will this matter to me in a few years? Will this matter to me in five years? Will this matter to me in 10 years? Will this matter? Is this in our relationship something substantial enough that it won't go away? Like, this is not like, you know, where am I going to spend Christmas? Are we going to spend it with your family or with your family? Right? This is not that kind of thing. This is... This is going to matter and this is going to impact the direction of our life. Okay. Um, to identify the differences between you, it is crucial to get to the bottom of what the difference really is about. To dig deep. You know, sometimes we're quick to just respond to service level things. But I often like to, like, like to ask the question under the question. You know what I mean? Just take a step further and go, okay, why am I really upset about this? You know, um, I'll give you an example. So let's say... A common one. You're expecting and you uh, want, you're painting the nursery and you really want the color green and your mate really wants the color yellow. And so you're both, you know, kind of on this, okay, no one is budging. And so you go, okay, I'm going to turn that person. I'm going to, I'm going to make sure they're going to come my way. So you start to buy more broccoli. You start to wear green shirts. I'm going to send subliminal messages here. They're going to get the green. You wear them all, the green shirts, you know, you, you, everything is green. All of a sudden, like this person has never seen so much green in their life. You know, you go, um, I'm going to, you start a campaign and you get all your friends to say how wonderful that room would look in green. Like, dude, that's the color. And then you go and you talk to their mate, you know, to their friends. And you try to convince their guys, you know, it's St. Patrick's Day green. Like, green, you want green. But then your, your, your mate is like not budging, right? Not budging. Green is not going to happen. It's yellow and that's their color. And you go, okay, why do I want green? Is this because I want it my way at this point? Am I just trying to push my way because he's going to have to do what I'm telling him? I'm, I'm having this baby, right? If I'm pushing this baby, there's going to be my color in that nursery, right? It's a power thing. I mean, let's, it's a power thing. Like, it's going to be my way because I'm the one that's going to be in that nursery all the time. Or is it a matter of, you know what? It's just a preference. Can we maybe just find gray? <laughs> you know, go for it. Can we come to an agreement on another color? 
You know what I mean? That both of us can be in the same page. I know it's a silly example, but some arguments begin that silly. And then it becomes about power and not so much about what the argument was about in the first place. Right? It becomes about I want it my way and he's going to do it the way I want it. Or I want it my way. She's going to do it the way I want it because it is my opinion. And really in a relationship, when you get to that point where it's about winning and not about doing things together or coming together this relationship will lose eventually because the power struggle thing in a relationship kills it it just kills it because it's not about building it's about you know it's about yourself it's selfish at the end of that it is just being selfish so once you have identified a conflict you know you you, you have to find a way to move forward in love so identify the conflict and then moving forward in love that's why the walls are all white all white the color of peace yes the color of peace uh it's important to understand how conflict arises too because alini just touched on something there the escalation typically begins when when there's something there's a trigger right there's a trigger and like she said all of a sudden it's not about the yellow or the green anymore it's about our difference right here and we're muscling through you know, and those triggers are, are interesting because, you know, they arise in, 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 in when the relationship, they arise in either when we're different, but also uh, the, you can be triggered against your mate when you're too alike. And this works in different relationships too, like friendships. When you're too alike, that could push you away. And you might think, oh, not really. Yeah, but if you're too alike in the areas of yourself that you don't like. Think about that, right? When you're too similar in those areas, let's say you're not very punctual. And deep inside, maybe you don't admit it, but you would hope for someone that would help you move to a more punctual lifestyle. And then your mate is worse than you are. Now you're having to police your clock and their clock. That can create conflict. You know, you, you, you're messy. You don't like that you're messy, but that's the way it is. So you're hoping for somebody who's a little bit more organized. So things can be a little bit, uh, uh, you know, balanced. But then your mate is even messier than you are. And oh my gosh, how do we get past this now? Because I love you, but I hate your mess, right? And, or, you know, the spending. Oh, again with the spending. And you overspend and she overspends and things get out of hand quickly. And then fights break out because you're two alike. You're two peas in the pod and you can't really, why? Because you don't like that part of you. You know, this is, this is where there's a little hope in the relationship that you will hope that the relationship would fix some of your issues. But these are issues that you have to deal with. These are your issues. And maybe your mate has a mirrored issue, something that you deal with and they deal with. And now you're, there's friction. But the solution is to find a way to move forward together. Because if you can't get past that, sometimes, you know, it's, it's emotional. Sometimes it's not a matter of performance. You know, I mentioned time and spending and, and mess. You know, those are organizational and, and performance things. But sometimes it's emotional. Like there's a part of you that you just don't like. And you don't know why you don't like. Maybe words were spoken against you. Maybe when you were growing up, you know, you, you were labeled. And you've believed that label or maybe something about you that's very lovely, but you don't like it. And then, and then you see it in your mate and you despise it too. Let me tell you what, if you don't solve it now, if you don't get past that now and you start raising children, 
You know, there's a, there's a, a doctor, uh, uh, Brene Brown. She wrote many books. She's amazing. And she has this controversial statement that has gotten her a lot of hate mail. She says, because she writes for parents and, and, and family, and she says, I tell parents that it is impossible for you to love your child more than you love yourself. And she says, I'll have people flip on me and say, how dare you say that? I would die for my kid. And then she asks, how old is your kid? And they say, two. It's like, all right. Let's talk again when your kid is 15. Because some of those traits that you don't like about yourself begin to arise. Some of those features that you are not very fond of, you begin to see in your child. And you have a conflict. And you begin to project you shouldn't be this way. You shouldn't act that way. And, and that conflict will carry you on to your family environment. And then you have an even more complex situation at hand. It's not just your mate. It's not just your, you know, your relationship. It's your relationship with your kids too. So it's important to find that place where you find healing. If it's an emotional thing. Where you can learn to love yourself. To you know, improve. If it's something that you need to improve, just improve. Work at it. So that when you do come to that place where you are raising children together, it's not an issue. You don't have to project or put a pressure on your child. Uh, and it starts with you. So if, if you see that kind of conflict uh, in your relationship, it's important to get past that in love. In love. And it starts with you uh, loving yourself. That right there, that, that, one, that one Brene Brown blew my mind. All right? And uh, I hope that you can take that and practice that in your life. And the other thing, the other part is when you're two apart. It's literally he's from Mars and she's from Venus. That's how it is in the book. All right. <laughs> yeah. You're from two different planets. And you just really don't see eye to eye. Like he's a super saver. She's a super spender. She's very fit and into fitness. He is a foodie. <laughs> you're no foodie. You're just like eating. There's a difference, all right? There's endearing terms for all of our uh, weaknesses nowadays. <laughs> you know, maybe he's a night owl and she's a morning person. She wakes up all happy and happy and, you know, it takes 30 seconds for her to get out of bed and happy. And he needs a couple minutes. Or 30. All right. He is uh, ready to have deep conversations at 9.30 p.m. And she is uh, completely turned off at 10, <laughs> literally. Like there's a timer in there somewhere that at 10 p.m. it shuts off. Seriously, guys. <laughs> We've learned to, to, to move forward. But, you know, it, sometimes it, it can get deeper. The differences are just too great. And if you let it bother you, if you don't deal with it, if you don't get past that conflict, it can really turn into something big. It can snowball into something that uh, can really affect your relationship. But here's what you need to know before we get into the, the action plan. This is what you need to know and realize about conflict. All right? Because sometimes when you face a conflict, you're so attached to the emotion... That you don't realize what it takes for actually for you to have conflict in a relationship. What it actually takes for conflict to arise is proximity. You have to be close for you to have conflict. You can't have a conflict if you're too far apart. And we have erroneously ascribed conflict as a sign of distance or separation. 
Like if I don't see eye to eye with you in this one subject, if we are not in agreement in this one subject, we must be two different people, two different. Yeah, you might be, you might have a difference of opinion, but for you to have to have gotten to that point, it means that you're close. It means that you're close, which means that you can move forward together. See, conflict is a sign of proximity. And when you, when you get to that point, just pause and remember that. Remember that conflict uh, uh, means that you are close together. Another thing is you care. Yes. Because otherwise you can be like peace. Right? Yes, exactly. Exactly. Care. You know, so as you draw closer, as, 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 your, as your intimacy grows, as you become more comfortable with each other, and that's when conflict arises. And it is at that point, it's at that point that we need to have good tools to resolve them. As Alini mentioned, conflicts need to be resolved. They need to be resolved. In love. In love. And you need a plan. Now, most of you are in the no plan plan, which means you're reacting. Right? Every, there's always a plan. No, don't show your hand. <laughs> there's always a plan. Whether you, I mean, that you're, you're in the reaction plan, you know? Like, you react. Whatever comes at me, I'm ready to fight. Like, you, you know, you're geared up. Like, you're always in boxing stance, and you're ready. Come at me. I'm ready for you. You already, you know, you, you took that converse, the conversation's already gone 30 steps because you know where you're going. You're ready, right? And you're in the reaction plan. And that's, let me tell you guys, that's not a good plan because usually what that is is offenses coming out. That is insecurities. That's hurts. When you are just reacting, you're just spewing, right? It's the, it's the yucky stuff coming out. And so what we want to encourage today is not to be in that kind of plan but to be in the resolution form. Right, where you can, you, where you're, you're, you're pro, he's going to go into the, the points, but um, where you have an actual plan for when these times come, right? You don't want to react to things. You're ready for the right way to resolve things, and you're not, you know, trying to fight or trying to win or trying to be right. Like those are never good goals for conflict resolution. Yeah. So we want to share with you some tools that. Uh, you know, we've, we've talked to many couples uh, up until this point. We're young, but we've been married for 16 years. Uh, I like to say that we're young. I say that nowadays, and it doesn't work anymore. <laughs> we're young. People go, eh. <laughs> used to be that we were young. <laughs> used to be that. It's funny, because when we got married, we got married at, I, I shared with you guys here, uh, I think, last week. And I'm going to say it again. We got married. I was 19, and she was 20. Uh, right? On February 16th, Four 2002. Uh, and it was funny because uh, year one, we would tell people, how long have you been married? Oh, one year. Oh, you're still in the honeymoon phase. It's so wonderful. Uh, th- two years. Oh, honeymoon phase is awesome. Three years. Honeymoon phase, it's beautiful. Four years. Oh, you're such babies. It's honeymoon. It's beautiful. Four years and a half. Oh, You're so young and such a young marriage. Five years. Oh, five years. Wow. (laughs) Something happens between the four and a half year into the five year that it's magical. It's a magical number, right? But uh, we've been at it for 16 years. And a lot of the couples that we've talked to, uh, when it comes to conflict resolution, it gets very emotional very quickly. And you lose sight of where you are as 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 a couple. You lose sight of where you are, of your placement. So we want to give you some tools. I call it the three P's. We've developed this. Uh, there's a fourth P there, but it's in conjunction with the, with the third P. So, you know, it might be two, two P and a P square. 
you know, let's just say it's three Ps, all right? Uh, and <laughs> and uh, we want to share with you, the first P is prevention. A great thing that, that, that some people might overlook in conflict resolution is prevention. Is when you consider the possibility of conflict before conflict arises. You're on the lookout. You want to make sure that conflict doesn't arise. It's not that you want to avoid conflict, but you want to make sure that you're taking the right uh, steps and making the right decisions for conflict to be uh, uh, handled before it even arises. And the first step for that, for prevention, is over-communicate. Can't tell you enough how many couples overlook this, this fact. You've got to over-communicate. Develop, develop a habit of over-communicating again and again and again. I know we talked about communication last week and we covered this. But, you know, it's important to be gracious about it. You know, it's not like coming to your mate going like, All right, did you do this? Did you get the list? Are we going to no, be gracious about it, knowing that you're not over-communicating to keep each other in check? Okay? You're not policing each other. You're communicating, over-communicating to help each other out. You're each other's partners. You're not policing each other. You're each other's partners. The second thing in, in, in prevention is to be considerate. Right? Not only think about your spouse, but include your spouse in your decision-making. Include them in what you're doing. Be considerate uh, to your mate. Right? And this is another thing that people fail and, 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 and overlook. You know, they get excited about something. They want something. They overlook the fact that, you know what, it takes two. There are two people now involved, which is my third point in prevention, is that you got to remember that you're one. You have vowed to live with this person for the rest of your life. You're giving them your heart. Right? Remember that you're one. Uh, and, you know, if you're still dating, if you're single, you got to have that in mind. You know, remember that, that there is there's another person. Every commitment when you're married, every commitment is a commitment that affects the family. If you have kids, every commitment is a family commitment. There's no commitment. There's just you, especially the guys, all right? You go out golfing. Your family is involved in that. Even if it's just you out there in the driving range or, you know, uh, it's, it, it takes the family to function together. Everything involves everyone, you know. And then the, the last thing in prevention that I want to mention is you got to keep in mind and always remember that you're equals, right? Maybe, you know, one of you make, makes more money than the other, but you're equals. Maybe one of you is more wordy and you're better with persuasion than the other. And you know your weapon. You know how you can turn the other person. Don't do that. Remember that you're weakles. Be considerate about their emotions, their heart, where they want to go. And keep that in mind. If you do that, that works as a prevention against possible conflict. Right, babe? Right. Bring the second P. Proaction. Proaction is the second P. So it's taking steps towards each other, right? Be quick, quick, quick to say I'm sorry. Quick to kind of recognize when you're in the wrong. I think um, pride is the enemy of relationships, oh, yeah. you know, because you, you try to protect. You try to protect yourself and you try to. And here's the other thing. Somewhere in that relationship, you both have to have this understanding that you're for each other and not against each other. Right, and if you have that understanding that you that he is for you and you are for you know and you're for him, um, and vice versa, then when you make a mistake, it's not so scary to confess. It's not so scary to walk up to them and say, "Hey, 
I messed up or I did this again or I spent or I, I planned a trip on our anniversary. That didn't happen, guys. I planned a trip on our anniversary. I'm not going to be around. Um, or, you know, I did this or I did that. I mean, it's easier to confess when you make mistakes, when you know that you're for each other. But let me encourage you to be fast. Fast to confess. Fast to apologize. But on the flip side, be fast to forgive. You know, be quick to kind of go, hey, I know. You know why? You know why it's easy to forgive? When you know your partner's intentions are not to hurt you, then you don't have to harbor that pain and go like, you know what? They made a mistake. I make a mistake. We all make mistakes. In this relationship, you will make mistakes and you will step on each other's toes and you will do things that might hurt the other person. But if you're quick to say I'm sorry and you're quick to forgive, the give and take on that relationship becomes much easier right? But that also implies knowing each other's intentions and each other's heart for one another. So I encourage you on, as a side note on that, to have that frank conversation and to check your heart. Like, am I for him? Do I want to see him succeed? Is my perspective here? You, know, you have to sit down and police yourself a little bit because you can get really self-involved even within a relationship and get so about yourself, you know, and relationships really are that exchange. And so come back and go, okay, if we are for each other, then let's be proactive when we make mistakes to apologize, to forgive, and then to take the steps to resolve it because you can't say I'm sorry and then wake up the next morning and do the same thing. Yeah. That's fake, right? That's kind of being like, ah, did they really didn't mean the sorry, right? There has to be genuine repentance in your heart and say, I'm sorry, I messed up. How do we make this better? Maybe you need help making it better. Maybe, you know, whatever happened, it needs more assistance and that's okay. But don't get into that habit also okay oh I'm sorry I did it again oh I'm sorry I did it again like at some point the person feels like you're really not sorry so there is the third component of resolving the issue after asking for forgiveness and being forgiven and all that yes yes and the third p is pausing and planning pausing and planning why is this important because Alina mentioned that if you don't have a plan to resolve conflict, you will inevitably react. And responding is much better than reacting. Responding to something, when, when, you, when you're able to analyze the situation, think of everything else, uh, it's much more important. So if you couldn't prevent it, if you couldn't be proactive about it, you know, something happened and it's, you know, you, you know you have a conflict at hand. How you respond, and this is important for all of us here. How you respond to a conflict will leave, will leave a much greater imprint on your mate and even your family uh, than how you respond to unity and consensus. You know, you talk to people, they, they remember much more about how their parents or grandparents dealt with conflict than they do when they, what, with what they dealt with in good times, unity and consensus. So think about that, that you are leaving an imprint. And uh, that, that is something to, to be considered in a positive and loving way. There's a passage in Proverbs that, that, you know, I always have in my heart when conflict arises. It says this, a soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. And this is so true. A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. You don't need to yell and be angry to make your point. You can make your point in peace and in love. And I want to give you a few steps here, three of them actually, 
for pausing and planning. You have to pause. You know you're going to have conflict. The emotions are coming. Pause. All right? Take a breather. And then plan. And how do you plan? You think of the context. Every conflict has a context. And you have to contextualize it when you're, when you're engaging in, in the conflict. You're going to have an argument. You're going to talk about it. Think of the context. Because you might be attached to the emotion. You might be attached to the thing that happened that stung you. But there's more to it. There's context to it. And uh, you have to consider it. The second thing is you consider intention. Alina, Alina mentioned that. And this is something that doesn't come naturally to us. We have to work at it. We have to be intentional about considering intentions. Tweet that. Tweet that. <laughs> because this, this is why. Because we, we tend to judge our behaviors by our intentions. Right? But we tend to judge our spouse's intentions by their behavior. So the same person that says, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to, feel, to make you feel that way. I'm sorry, I didn't mean that. I didn't mean to do that. That same person will say, if you love me the way you say you do, you wouldn't have done that. Isn't that true? The same person can say the two things. So you have to work it. There's got to be consistency there. You can't come in and say, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to do that. And then two days later say, if you really loved me like you say you do, you wouldn't have done that. So there's intention and there's action. And sometimes those two don't align. So consider the context. Consider the intentions. And then remember your vows. Remember your commitment. Remember what you have uh, uh, invested into the relationship. You know, your decision to love. Because love is a decision. Once you've had that, then, once you've done that, then you can respond. Once you have done those three things, then you can respond. You start with the context. You thought about the context. There are question marks in that context. You did something, and I don't know why. Uh, this is, I don't understand why this happened the way it happened. Help me paint the scenario here. If you have questions, be specific. Why did it happen this way? What, you know, what drove you to this point? Then you move into intention. You have the context uh, uh, resolved, you move to intention. You know, you, you look at them and say, why did you do that? What was in your heart? What were you thinking? Not like, what are you thinking? <laughs> but like, really, like, what were you thinking? What was in your mind? Like, what did you intend to communicate? Were you even considering me? Because that could be a, a, a situation where, you know, your partner might say, I'm, I wasn't even thinking. Or, I'm sorry. That, obviously, that wasn't my intention. And then, to resolve once you've had that, you remember, uh, you, you go based on your commitments. You remember your commitments, you remember your vows, and you go based on that. And you move to resolve your conflict. Now, some of you, you start here. Before anything, before even considering context and, and intentions or even thinking about any vow that you have ever said, you just wipe it out and you go on emotion, and that's when things can get ugly. That's when things can get out of hand. That's when you can get angry and raise your voice. And all of a sudden you're screaming in front of the kids, in front of relatives, out in the street, in the car. And you're losing your temper. Because why? Because, you know, you, you haven't stopped and paused. And, and you're just going off of your emotion and reacting. You're not responding. You're reacting. And this, this can cause a rift and damage to the relationship that could be irre irreparable. 
And we don't want that. We want to see your relationships restored and your relationship move forward in a positive way. You know, that's why we wanted the kids to not be in the room. Because if you are in a home environment where things are out of hand, you have to dial it back. Because if you keep going and going, those thresholds will only move forward. If you don't make a decision to stop and say, okay, listen, we are not doing this right. We're not interacting right. We need to set some parameters here. I'm losing my temper. I'm raising my voice. I don't want to do that. I love you. I vow to live the rest of my life with you. I don't want to do that. How can I communicate? How can we do this in a way that we can move forward together? Otherwise, we're just going to pull out our, our, our you know, stinging weapons and we're going to hurt each other. That's not good. You know, because words can be piercing. So you got to move from a place where you know who you are. And I have a passage I want to share with you that kind of goes along with it. But it's really about you more than it is about the relationship. Because you got to center yourself. you got to remember who you are. And uh, this is a passage that leads the fruit of the Spirit. you got to have you know, a strong relationship with God for you to have this ability to just come up above the emotion above and fly higher than the emotion and those things that are really trying to press you down. The scripture says in Galatians 5 verses 22 and 23, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. In other words, if you frame your speech... If you frame your investigation or whatever it is that you're doing to resolve that conflict with these things, with the fruit of the Spirit, which is the life of God in you. If you frame in, that, in those parameters, there's no law against it. Or, or, or what does that mean? It means that there's nothing that you will achieve that will not be positive. You know, sometimes we want to get our point across because, you know, it's stinging and it's hurting and it's painful. You know, the pain already happened. How can you move forward? Is there room for healing? Right? And the other thing, too, that's important to keep in mind is that your vows and your commitments should hinge not on how the relationship is doing, but on your character. The way you, you, you have decided to, to act, the person that you have decided to be in this relationship should not hinge on how the other person is acting toward you. You know, otherwise you get into a place where you're asking for permission or looking for permission to be corrupt. You know, if you did that, I can do that too. If you went that far, I can do that too. You know, if you hurt me, I can hurt you. If you said that, I can say that too. You lied to me, so I'm going to lie to you too. And you see how, how that thing can, it can get you to a place where, you know, that's not the way you were meant to be live that's not who you were called to be you're called to be a person of character of integrity and those things hinge on you you know if the if you've been in relationships where the other person has broken that and you've tried to live in integrity you've tried to, to do the right thing and you st stood your ground good on you right you're the person who stood for what you believe on in in and that's important okay this is now you can say well jd isn't a relationship supposed to be complementary? Yes, absolutely. Isn't a relationship to, supposed to be a, a, a give and take? A hundred percent. But there's a parameter there because it's multifaceted, right? There's a parameter there. The, the, the fidelity, for example, is your decision. It's not, it's not hinging on your mate. 
It's your character and integrity decision. Sexual purity is your decision. It's you. It's yours. It hinges on your integrity. Before you ever got into a relationship, you're going to carry that into that relationship. Morality. Living ethically. That's your decision. It's part of who you are. And if you break that, there's no relationship that will repair it. And if you're looking for an opportunity to break those things, then you've got to have a heart check. Because you should never be in a relationship uh, environment or, or, or atmosphere where you're looking for permission to corrupt some of those values that you hold dear to your heart. This is not a good environment. And if your relationship is at that point, you need to flip and you need to come back to wholeness and come back to a mindset of how can we build each other up? How can we help each other get better? Not looking for opportunities within the relationship to hurt the other person. That's so unhealthy. But look for opportunities to be restored and to be uh, made whole again. Yeah, and just to add to that note, um, a lot of people make themselves physically ill because they're going against what they're innately, they yeah. innately are, right? And so they get into relationships or they get into this context um, and they start to become this person that they're not. And really that has, that creates things um, physically as well. So we see people who become um, sick, who become depressed, who become, who, who begins to have mental challenges because they're in, it's the incongruence, yeah. right? They were designed and they, and, and they have values and they have integrities and they have things in their heart that it's not lining up. So the, the soul aspect with the physical aspect, they start to, like, they're, they're contradicting, right? And so that, that inner man, spirit, soul, and man, like, we're three, we're three parts, right? Spirit, soul, and body. And so all of that starts to get... Like, it's just not working well together. And you begin to see physical ailments because of a relationship that's out of congruence. Mm. And I know that sounds a little, but, like, if you do some research on it, it's really weird that you're like, why am I feeling all of this? Right? You know, you begin to develop psychosomatic illnesses. And yeah. so pay attention to, you're, you're more integrated than you think, right? Pay attention yeah. to, the, to the whole of yourself. Yeah. And that. See, our heart is, is that you may have relationships that are, pointed toward restoration and grace and love and that you may build each other up you know and, and, and you may have you know a, an atmosphere at home where whether you know you're in public or in private it's wholesome and it's great and you're building each other and a really strong and important element in that is having a plan in place for when you conflict arises so that you you see that the problem is the problem not you and the person is a, the problem is the problem. And if you do this, if you plan, okay, if you pause and, res, and respond, if you, if you try to be proactive, if you try to prevent situations that may bring conflict in the home, you will find that you will, you will build an environment of union, an environment of, of family, uh, where a family unit is, is, is your priority and not just your own personal interests. You will see that you will enter into a place where... where your relationship and your conversations will be sourced in forgiveness and will be sourced in grace because you will be united with each other and you will have that conviction that you are for each other. And again, you will realize that the problem is the problem. And then when the problem is a problem, you know, there's no reason for bitterness and blame. You, you know that you can fight against the problem together. In the relationship. Do you receive it this morning? Amen.
Awesome.